Hey guys, it's Mike at Narcoleptic Customs Podcast, episode 27. Ah, we're just, hey, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, leading up to Rocky Mountain Race Week, I'm going to hammer you guys with a ton of podcasts and content on the YouTube channel. We are wanting to grow and grow and grow so fast. Um, leading up to that, I have a list of, looks like seven podcast guests right now. Uh, I cannot wait to get through some of these. We've got today, we've got Joey Failer of Failer Speed and Performance out of Allentown, PA, uh, known for log manifolds for LS turbo stuff. Um, but they offer a ton of different stuff, uh, like eight or nine different products that are all handmade by him. Um, he is getting into some manufacturing side of things and is going to be bringing a cast log manifold to the market. Um, he said sometime in September, we get into that, the podcast, the questions, the interview, the time, whatever the heck you want to call it with him is amazing. He, uh, he's super cool dude, mechanical engineer and a big car guy. Um, it's cool to hear his story of how, you know, he grew up and, and why he started the business and who all helped and, and things like that. And his tie into uh, obviously sloppy mechanics, which is, you know, basically how I build all of my personal stuff, not necessarily how we build customer stuff, but our stuff for sure. Uh, we've got Mike Lau Racing Engines. Um, Mike will be on later in the week. We've got Allison Black of Dynocom Industries. Uh, she's going to be, I, I'm, I'm pumped about that one. Mike Lau too. I've got some really technical questions. I want to get in deep with him towards the end. Um, but the first part of his podcast is going to be really fun and interesting on how he went from uh, a dual job to then going right into, uh, you know, Mike Lau Racing Engines full-time. Allison Black, going to be a great, I think she's she's the COO of Dynocom Industries, which is a, obviously a dynamometer company um, that specializes in uh, helping you make more horsepower or tuning your car for better speed um, or drivability, I guess. We've got Jonathan Airman and Chris Harper going to be back on. I'll probably run up to them Wednesday night uh, if we can get the Jeep done. Uh, we have Craig Candanoza. Uh, if you don't know him, you should. He's a, a local dude, super cool. He just started a web, well, he just started a business, and I'll let him explain it, but it, I'll say this. It is uh, very high-tech stuff, uh, very, like, design, um, all that kind of things for for really anything. Uh, so I'm excited to have him on because he's a huge car guy and see how his car passion obviously grew into that. And then uh, the family and I were in a local antique store called Cars, Guitars, and Antiques in Bentonville and uh, met with the owner, Jerry, there. And he's going to be on the podcast. Uh, we're trying to work out a time with him. So Again, if you know someone that you feel would be a good guest, send them my way. I am not scared to take a no from somebody. Um, I will ask anybody and everybody to give us 30 or 40 minutes or an hour of their time so uh, so we can all learn. So, all right, guys, here comes Joey. I want to say thanks. Uh, we are going to upload this as a YouTube video as well if you care to watch our talking heads back and forth. Um, we upload videos every Tuesday and Friday on our channel, Narcoleptic Customs, on YouTube. 
Uh, you can find daily posts on our Instagram and Facebook and then uh, uh, weekly stuff on our TikTok. So, all right, guys, here we go. Thanks so much. So I am recording now. Perfect. All right, guys, uh, I'm super excited. We have Joey Failer with Failer Speed and Performance. Um, if you don't know his product, uh, you really need to get on board. It's I came across him from the Sloppy Mechanics uh, way of things, which is obviously uh, he doesn't know this. But we have a Don't BS Me clone uh, build basically for a 7875 in my old truck. And uh, so in the midst, midst of trying to decide if I was going to build my own hot side or if I was going to buy some ones, obviously your stuff came up and um, been following your stuff for a long time. You make some killer, killer products. And uh, we will definitely get into some of that in a little bit and kind of your process of getting all that together. Um, but I, I do want to start out with what is your number one selling product? Because everything you do, it says it's made in-house and hand fabricated. Yeah, that's uh, it's great to be on the show, by the way, but uh, <laughs> thanks. thanks for having me. Um, but yeah, I'd say our number one selling product, uh, just like you're talking about here with the Don't BS Me clone for Matt, is uh, our single turbo LS uh, hot side. Um, that's a product that we started making about four and a half, five years ago now. And uh, it has evolved a little bit over the years, but primarily that is our flagship product, our best seller. Uh, it's made right here in uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania. And uh, just by the, just by me, it's, it's a one man operation and uh, it's wow, been a journey. Awesome. Yeah, I can imagine. So you are, you are in Sloppy Mechanics headquarters area for sure. Absolutely. So uh, Matt and I have been really good friends for uh, quite a while now. I, uh, sold in my used Harbor Freight welding cart and I was currently working on my first LS swap and he just kind of unloaded on me with all kinds of uh, quick tips and gave me his phone number and uh, fast friends and been helping each other have That's fun awesome. ever since. Man, I'd love to have him on here. I really would like to pick his brain on uh, because so backstory to the reason I found him was I had planted an LS in the old truck for a long time you know, everybody always puts their list together of stuff they're going to do. And uh, it was ARP head bolts and <laughs> rod bolts. And I had to have all this stuff. And uh, I actually with uh, LT1 swap, cut my own harness down and got the truck running in probably two years faster than I ever would have. So, so definitely a big part of that. And then obviously from there found you and have followed your stuff. Uh, for a long time. So, and what actually made me go over the edge, because I had been wanting to have you on the podcast for a long time, but um, I saw that you were on Motorhead Garage. Yeah. Um, you, you, tell us a little bit about like that whole experience. Like they call you and I mean like everything, like they call Right. You. So uh, it was, it's super crazy, right? Uh, I get a lot of messages all the time. People you know, hey, I got this YouTube channel. Are you interested in sponsoring me? That sort of thing. And <laughs> I would love to help everybody. I really would. But unfortunately, yeah. it's uh, not real profitable to do that uh, unless there's a large return on it. Um, yeah. And so out of nowhere, I get this message like, hey, my name's uh, Mike. I work uh, for hot, uh, for CBS like broadcasting. And we do a show called Motorhead Garage. And we would love to talk to you about possibly being on the show. And I'm kind of thinking like, man, this sounds kind of like a scam. I, I've seen that right. show a couple of times on, you know, Sunday mornings and stuff like that. You know, you're eating your breakfast and just flip on channel. And uh, so I start like Googling this guy and I'm trying to like, you know, is this legit? Is he just Figure trying to, this dude is, yeah. right. You know, and uh, you know, 
I'm thinking there's probably a catch to this, right? And uh, so I, I said, yeah, sure, absolutely. I'll call you on my way home from work. And so I call him, I talk to him, and he's like, yeah, yeah, it sounds like, you know, you know, somebody like you is exactly what we're looking for to have on the show. So he's like, I'm going to have my producer call you back later this evening. Oh, and I'm thinking like, I'll have my people call your people. R- right, exactly. So I'm like, whoa. <laughs> uh, so I'm talking to, you know, I said, okay, well, I'm, I'm picking up parts for the business. You know, can uh, he call me in 15 minutes? So I, I get this call. I'm driving to my fiance's house to drop off parts for my future mother-in-law to sandblast. And, uh, you know, I'm talking to him and it, he's going on and on about, you know, it usually costs, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to be on national television. And, you know, uh, because we have title sponsors and all this sort of thing, we're willing to offer you this at a very, very affordable price and we'll break it up into payments and stuff. So uh, I think a lot of people thought that I was like elected to be on that show for free. And while I wish wow. that were the case, I did have to pay a small amount of money for the advertising, but in exchange, marketing budget, right. I'll, I'll be yeah. in front of approximately, well, the potential to be in front of 75 million American viewers and uh, three on. or 4 million um, Canadian viewers. Wow, so that's uh, awesome. for, a, for a guy like me, who's kind of just getting going here, I like really starting mm-hmm. to pick things up at this uh, very fragile state of investing a lot of money in the business but uh, you know, not making a whole lot of money right now. <laughs> I thought that it was worth the risk to hopefully, uh, yeah. you know, get this new product I have launching out into the you know general public. People who've never heard of me before, and you know, if I could just get a couple sales, it'll make make, make that money worthwhile. worthwhile. That's awesome. Well, congratulations! Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a big swing, you know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, on TV, were you nervous? <laughs> were you like, oh, hands all sweaty? Right. So to tell you a little bit more about the actual experience, I was just there a few days ago. And um, so I call my best friend um, and say, hey, like, you know, he drives for a living. So, hey, would you mind coming with me? I don't want to make this 10 hour trip to Tennessee by myself, Uh, you know, with limited time. You know, you have COVID and all this stuff going on. You don't really want to be making this a week long trip or flying a plane. Yep. Um, So we hopped in my car at one o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. We drove all through the night, got there around 10 o'clock at night or so, um, slept in a hotel, ate at a Waffle House, uh, hit the TV studio, <laughs> studio, filmed the show in about two hours, and then jumped right back in the car. So in like a 32, oh 34-hour time span, we spent 20 hours of it in the car <laughs> just driving. <laughs> Road warriors, dude. That's crazy. Yeah, it was uh it was an experience, but I, I can't thank everybody over at that show, Motorhead Garage, enough. Uh, the host, Dave, super cool guy, and all his uh, camera crew and things like that, like super welcoming, friendly. They made it so easy. Uh, if anybody is listening and has an opportunity to be on that show for one reason or another, uh, don't stress if you're not uh, you know, presenting expert or made for TV. These right, guys, they'll, they'll make it work. They make it easy. It, it, oh, it really, awesome. I was really nervous and uh, it ended up being like super fun and relaxing and laid back. So it was cool. That's really cool. Was. And you like got, you got just a bomb run to Tennessee and back. Like, did you right. see anything it, crazy on your trip? I mean, uh, well, so uh, unfortunately it was mostly dark and uh, you know, it was, it was different. Uh, it was cool to spend time with my best friend. He travels a lot for work, so I don't get to see him as much as I used to. Right. So I caught up with him on the ride down. We're having a good time. I would say like the major uh, road trip part of it, you know, 
story to tell the kids was that, you know, we're probably 40 minutes outside our hotel, middle of nowhere, Tennessee. We come around this corner, like on the highway, doing probably too fast, 80, 85. And there's mm-hmm. just wood in the street, in the road, all three lanes like. covered. Um, <laughs> I, you know, and we're, we're booking, there's nowhere to go. And it, it, it looks like a crushed pallet. So, I mean, we run over probably, oh, a, geez. you know, there's no clear path. So we run over the stuff and we're thinking like, man, great. Here we flat, go. Here we go. Like multiple <laughs> flat tires. It's the middle of the night. We don't know anybody around here. They're, you know, that's you know, awesome. calling AAA. Now we're 600 miles from home and got to buy right. four new tires. Uh, and we, <laughs> we lucked out that it just, it worked out that we, nothing God, happened to the awesome. car. No, no damage. We kept on trucking. We made it to the hotel safely and had no issues on the way home. So it was good. That's cool. That's cool. So let's, uh, let's build up for the folks that are listening and uh, I'll do a YouTube of this and we'll lay over some uh, pictures, stuff like that. Um, let's start way back. Let's start like 11 year old Joey. What, what is that dude like? Is he a car guy? Is he into Terrence? I mean, obviously mechanical engineer, you don't just pick that up at 20 years old and decide. Right. That. Uh, it's a good question. So um, I guess maybe to go back just a little beyond that. So when I was younger, my dad, my brother, I have an older sister as well. Um, they're, they were very much into sports. My dad coached the local high school basketball team. My brother Ooh. always is playing sports. And of course, you know, like any dad, he just was trying to get me interested in things. Yep. And I wasn't very good at uh, ball sports <laughs> at yep. all. Uh, I didn't really care for him much. I was always, you know, picking grass in the outfield and baseball. And, you know, by the time the ball was at one end of the court in basketball, I was just coming back from the other end. You know what I mean? It's constantly running behind, not – not uh, athletic at all. And uh, my grandfather was always into cars, like tinkering with stuff, uh, backyard mechanic. So I'd kind of hang out with him and, you know, whatever, hammer nails in the wood. Uh, but really what striked it for me was uh, two things. Um, the Fast and Furious movie came out when I was like nine. Oh, uh, man. I was like, wow, this is cool. I don't know why it's cool, but, yep. you know, I didn't know but anything I about cars, yep. but I dig it. And uh, then we shortly thereafter, we moved uh, – to the neighborhood I live now and uh, my neighbors raced quarter midget go-karts and I oh, tagged yeah. along with them one time and I was just like this is this You're is like, I, I don't know I why like but, rpms and power right it's you know it's like this is cool and uh, so I go every week you know that that family the Sipes they treated me like their third kid I was always with them you know whatever sleeping over <laughs> hanging out washing the cars watching the races and eventually uh, uh my friend Zach had gotten too large for the car that he was racing and there was maybe two months left in the season they said hey uh you know if your parents say it's okay uh, we'll let you drive this for the rest of the season before we sell it and uh i was like yeah man that sounds cool of course (laughs) you know my dad probably saw that i was super interested in this and my mom too and they were very supportive and yeah you know so they went out bought me a helmet and a fire jacket and uh, the rest is history, man. So, uh, man, you were like, ele- bring it on. You were turning left, like, no. Right. So, by the time I was like 11 or 12, uh, like fourth, fifth grade, maybe even older than that, I was all about cars, you know, probably before yeah. many of the kids I was friends with. But uh, <laughs> that, that really, uh, you know, I didn't really tinker with stuff much. I mean, I was trying to fix my bike and you take the reflectors off so it's a little cooler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lighter but for weight. the most part, it was, uh, you know, my neighbor, my neighborhood friend, their dad was, was always teaching me about the car. If I wrecked it, he would make me fix it. That's that just awesome. evolved from there. That's cool, man. That's really good. So, uh, and we're going to get into this in just a little bit, but uh, definitely be thinking about how that plays like into your choice of like 
uh, engineering and things like that. So, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, that, uh, I can't say enough that, uh, I'm getting married coming up here soon. I think I mentioned, oh, congratulations. But, uh, one of the people that I'm most looking forward to spending time with is, uh, Butch and Kim and then my friends, Zach and AJ. I mean, they are my second family, huge part of the reason I am where I am today without That's that. Awesome. Without that extension of gratitude, you know, of generosity, I would probably still be just kicking around, not knowing what I wanted to <laughs> right. do. That's just another so, another lost guy looking for something to do. Uh, right. So um, having folks like that, I mean, like I get I always care by what they learn to drive in, but like, I mean, I guess you probably learned to drive early, so a typical car isn't wouldn't necessarily be like what you would learn to drive in like because you were already driving something that was pedals and steering wheel and right uh it was an interesting transition though right because in a go-kart you kind of sit center steering wheel center of vehicle mm -hmm. and so i struggled for a long time with maintaining the vehicle in the center lane you know that whole like <laughs> line the fender up with uh, double yellows to stay center yep. in the lane kind of thing uh and i led foot man i mean from the day from the day i got my permit you know if we were cruising around and you know i was always getting on it always hard on That's the throttle awesome. hard on the brakes and so it took me a while to get used to like you know you don't have to drive like that all the time <laughs> everybody's thinking you're drag racing you're like no this is how you drive stuff right yeah exactly but That's uh funny. yeah my my first car was a 1995 nissan Sentra. had been passed down to me from my sister and it was like baby blue and then they got the mako presidential job on it so oh, painted yeah. black and uh it was cool, but like the paint was falling off. So it's like half black, half like grandma, baby blue. Oh uh, man. And I drove the wheels off that thing, man. I mean, uh, if you never thought that you could get a Nissan Sentra on two wheels with three of your buddies in the car, <laughs> let me tell you a little differently. <laughs> yeah. There's some stories we could all tell. I'm sure. Right. <laughs> Dangerous. Cause you're, you got to test the limits of the cars for sure. Right. Absolutely. So, I mean, racing go-karts as a kid. Yeah. You don't have a license and you're going 35, 40, you know, so. yeah towards your 16 years of age, you know, you might be doing 45, 50, but now you got something that eventually can go like 90, 95. Yeah. And it, you know, of course, at least where I come from, uh, your parents just give you transportation that's not necessarily reliable yep. and it's not necessarily the newest or safest thing to be driving. Right. So they're like, Hey, this one's cheap and uh, get at it. Like, hey, your sister's going to college, so we need to get her a better car so you can have this one. And I'm like, oh my let's go. Like, yeah, you're sounds like, good. You're freedom? I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you mean I don't have to ride my bike to McDonald's anymore? Like, let's go. Right. So did you do any mods to that car or anything, or you just drive that thing? No, and I was like, looking back, I was like super ungrateful for that car. I, I, you know, <laughs> my, my friends had cooler cars, uh, and I just was like, man, I'm driving this like lame grandma car. And oh, I was automatic. I would like shift it manually with the, you know, one, two drive <laughs> kind of thing. And uh, it, really the only mod I did was I, I put a window in the engine block uh, going to school one morning. I was driving hard, a little too fast, pull it down into second gear to overcome the crappy brakes. And it just, it was too much for the old, was uh, it. Could handle for it. the old Sentra. And we, uh, we <laughs> unfortunately broke a connecting rod and limped it to school. And then uh, it, Got towed home from there. <laughs> oh man, How, was your were your parents mad or just disappointed? They get... uh, no, because I think you know for years they they just thought you know hey <laughs> the thing had like two hundred fifty thousand miles on right. it had broken down on my sister quite a few times. My grandfather had gone to the junkyard and put a different head on it, and you uh, know yep. again the the yep. weekend warrior tinkerer. So yep. he had that car had long since paid for itself. But I think <laughs> that's uh, awesome. 
you know, when I went back to driving the family pickup truck, I kind of realized like, man, this is now I'm paying way more for gas and this is it. <laughs> that car wasn't so bad. Right, exactly. So, I mean, I definitely was, uh, I, I probably regret that just a little bit, but, uh, you know, you, you learn from everything. So, uh, so what did, what was your first job? Do you work in high school and stuff? I did. Yeah. So, uh, I started out working at like a local event center, like, uh, for catering for weddings or like, uh, sports yeah. banquets, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, my parents knew the owner through the school system. My dad, you know, with the basketball thing and, uh, they got me a job. So I was washing dishes, doing landscaping and, uh, <laughs> like clearing plates on uh, Saturday yep. nights, uh, they, they would pick me up from school. One of the kids I worked with went to high school with me. You know, I was a ninth grader and he was, uh, you know, probably like 11th or 12th grade. So I'd meet him in the parking lot and we'd go to work. And then my mom would pick me up on her way home from work. And <laughs> I probably did that for like a, like a solid year uh, before I moved on. So wow. good experience. Definitely not my favorite job. I'd say it's probably yeah. at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a good first one. Like, yeah, absolutely. Definitely I don't want to do this. Is- right, exactly. I do not want to work in the restaurant industry. That was for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. so uh you're getting married. What yeah. down for that? How how long till you get married? Uh 75 days today. I was just uh oh my, my fiance gosh. was just texting me about that. So uh Man, it's coming awesome. up quick. It's a little uncertain with the whole coronavirus thing, but uh, as of right now, it looks like we're going to be able yeah. to pull it off. Uh, I awesome. would say, I would be lying if I say I wasn't a little nervous about the kids going back to school in the next couple of days here and kind of screwing that up. <laughs> yep, but uh, yep. we'll see. My, right? Mine went first day back today. So first time. So your kids. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Were they like first, nervous about that or? They were, they were ready because they've been out since March. So they're like, like they went to spring break and then it was summertime. They're like, right. I, I could not, I, I say all the time to people like I, couldn't imagine being in college or high school right now there's no Mm. way i'd be motivated to do anything no it's it'd be too hard it's hard for me to stay motivated like and work from home and like absolutely job and have to do that and like get you know get paid right (laughs) (laughs) everybody likes living here perfect that has got to work for me yeah exactly (laughs) hopefully one day we can do this for fun and uh, yeah that would be cool job yeah so uh let's talk let's move into the speed and performance let's talk about uh, this business that you got that is awesome. So a lot of folks start their side businesses like us to buy car parts. Uh, is that kind of what got you into that? Like, or were you uh, filling a need? It was definitely a, a little bit of both. So uh, I had started this business just be just before or just as I was about to go to college. Um, you know, I guess to backpedal a little bit, um, as I graduated high school, I had went through tech school to be an auto body repairman, mm. wasn't real good at it. So I went to the local community college to be um, a auto mechanic. And uh, cool. during my time with that school, I had to get an internship and I was like working at the local tire place and it was fine, but you know, it kind of stinks working on people's rusty junks and that they don't want <laughs> yep. to spend any money to fix things. You see people with uh, child seats and two lug nuts and they refuse to pay to have new lug nuts. Or like, wheel sets. But, yeah. You're like, yeah. this is your family. And not to mention like, think about everybody else on the road with you, <laughs> please. And, and so I was uh, part of this local forum. You don't hear people talking about internet forums mm-hmm. much anymore, but there was a guy who worked at a place called fab speed motorsports which is uh think like magnaflow or borla exhaust but for exotic sports cars Ooh, and i was yeah. like like that's cool so i messaged the guy like hey i'm looking for a place to work you know i'll work 
for nothing, like yeah. for free or, you know, for yeah. just enough to pay for gas, whatever. Uh, and it, it stuck. So uh, I got this wow. job at fab speed and uh, sweeping the floor and helping with car installations here and there and cutting exhaust pipes for the fabricators. And eventually it snowballed into, uh, you know, teaching me to weld and eventually became a full-time fabricator. In fact, I never actually finished school. I worked there full-time building headers for Ferrari challenge cars and all kinds of fun stuff. Like as a 20 year old, that is a killer job. Yeah. I was like, like 19 driving a brand new Subaru WRX full-time job. All my friends are in college. I'm like, Oh, you guys are all dumb. You guys are nuts. Idiots. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm driving Lamborghinis to the gas station. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, it was a cool job. So I learned to weld and fabricate, uh, but that's also what got me interested in engineering. But so back to the job thing. So I had these welding and fabrication skills and uh, was going to college and I sold my brand new Subaru and was back to driving $500 clunkers and uh, <laughs> was scraping by, you know, I would have summer jobs, but then how do you make it through 10 months of not working and going to school and your friends want to go out for you know, whatever food or drinks or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you want to hang out with your friends at the go-kart track on a weekend, you need money. Yep. And, uh, and my parents, you know, always, you know, they were supportive, but they certainly weren't going to hand me 50 bucks whenever I asked for it. So every weekend, here you go. Yeah, exactly. So, so I got to have this job and uh, it actually worked out that, uh, you know, I had met Matt Happel a little before then and, you know, whatever. And he said, Hey man, like, uh, I buy these turbo headers from time to time. And, I can never get my hands on one. And they're, you know, the, the guy that I'm dealing with is yeah, slowing me down and he doesn't respond to my texts. And he's like, can you make me one? And I'm like, yeah, I'll make you one. Uh, and so uh, I spent, and then he was like, there's a huge market for this. Like you should make a jig and maybe you yeah. could sell a couple. Yeah. So I spent like, uh, it was just before college started. I spent my last 400 bucks to buy materials and to buy like an aluminum base plate and like various steel to create a fixture, just like I would have at fab speed, you know, when a new product yeah. came out. And, uh, I, I was thinking to myself, like, I hope this is the right thing. So, you know, uh, you know, of course Matt paid for the materials and stuff, but I didn't really charge him anything. It took me like, I would say four solid 10 hour days, just cutting, grinding, welding, cutting back apart and re-welding. <laughs> oh, and uh, yep. so I made that first there. one. It was, uh, I'll have to try and find a picture of it. Uh, terribly ugly, awful. Um, <laughs> Apparently you haven't seen the log manifold I built. <laughs> that's okay, man, because you're doing it, right? That's yeah, I right? say that to my customers all the time. Like, I, I yep. don't care if you buy from me or not, as long as you're having fun and having a good time, yep. that's totally cool. Um, and so uh, long story short, he, he used it. It was awesome. And he was doing the tuning classes and uh, he had mentioned it. Somebody was like, Hey, where do you get turbo header? He's like, Oh, my friend makes them. And uh, so here we are, you know, I'm on vacation with my girlfriend's family. I think at this point, everybody was like, uh, you're nuts. Like, you know, I wasn't very financially responsible in those times. So everybody's like, man, he's just wasting money again, blah, blah, blah. I wouldn't say they doubted me, but I definitely would say they were skeptical. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so one order turned into two and two order turned into four and four orders turned into 10. And, you know, before you know it, I got a waiting list of six months long because I can only work one and a half days a week because I'm at school the other, you know, five and a half or whatever. Uh, 
and it was crazy. I, I didn't charge a lot of money, uh, but it was, you know, I think fair. I, I made a couple yep. dollars, could pay for my gas back and forth to school and buy some things I wanted. And yeah. I definitely, you know, to answer your question, would use that money to build my project cars from time to time. But uh, it, it definitely just kind of like was like a necessity, but at the same time, like fell into my hands. I certainly would have probably just ended up getting a job like at the library yep. or you know, whatever in the cafeteria, if I had to, like, I would have done whatever I needed to have the money to take the misses out on dates and hang out with my right. friends and buy the things I wanted to buy. But it was nice to, to have that availability to just work from home, you know, and yeah, that's awesome. work when I wanted to, too, because yeah. I would take your name and your order, but I wouldn't take your money. So there was, I don't want to say there wasn't a sense of urgency to get it done, but yep. I never felt but you, bad. You didn't have anybody over you like, Hey, right. I've Maybe. given you money. Right. They'd be like, Hey, uh, you know, are you getting done with that? I'd be like, Hey man, I'm really sorry. I had big tests this week. I didn't get to, you know, That's awesome. my family was in town, you know, and it was, you know, yep. people I think would get frustrated, but I think they also understood like, you know, Hey, I, yeah. there's nothing holding me here either. So I would lose yeah. people and, or people would ghost me, which was always frustrating, but <laughs> it just was, you know, it was fine. Cause it was just a hobby at that point. Yep. And, and at that point, you know, you can take that product and, and so there's somebody else in line. You're like, Hey, uh, these people fell out you on it. Sure. Right. Absolutely. So it, it, there was times when, you know, guys would want something a little different and I would just do it. And then I'd be like, man, I welded the wastegate here. And now the next guy, the wastegate's, you know, on the opposite end, what do I now? I can't cut it back apart. And the yep. next guy in line is, you know, I would feel bad for the next guy in line. I think, you know, okay. Yep. I could have made his, but now I got to go serve the guy that's only been waiting a month when this guy's been waiting, you know, 10 yeah. weeks and you feel bad. So it, it definitely was uh, you'd learn, you know, not to you try to be a little bit more strategical in the way that you would fulfill orders and, you know, maybe that's tell awesome. them it was done a few days before it was before you even started it so that it would pan out that, uh, yep. you know, that you could always serve the person who, actually wanted it was there to respond to your message yeah that makes sense makes sense completely so do you have any personal project cars now yeah uh one thing i am working on right now uh is a 2004 gmc canyon it's uh you know kind of like a don't bs me clone a little bit of a yep. uh, little fancier it's a five three uh gen like three and a half four l80e um it's got a ryan jans converter in it uh, you know triple billet disc it's going to be a monster and yeah. I've got, you know, the VS racing turbo, you know, sloppy stage two cam, all the goodies. Yep. Uh, but I did splurge for like Holly EFI and some other, <laughs> yeah. some other things. Um, and then, you know, of course I can put my own parts on it, which is really nice. In fact, this is a test vehicle for a new cast log that's coming out. So, oh sweet. It, right. Yeah. It was uh, just, you know, probably not the right time to build a car, getting married and all the other things I have going on nah, in life, but just. Uh, like anybody Just else you budget it. your budget your money and buy parts when you can and you know put it together when you have time yep so uh my next question kind of leads into like you know are you still working a job you full-time so what is we've talked about mechanical engineer like but kind of give people an idea of like and you don't have to go into detail but uh kind of like what industry you're in and then uh i'd like to talk about like how you schedule time in the shop because like my brother and I, we do Wednesday nights every night, every week is in the shop for us working on whatever we need to. And then we scatter other nights through. Is it kind of the same for you? 
Yeah, definitely. So uh, as you mentioned, I am a mechanical engineer uh, and I had made the decision to switch to that career path while working at FabSpeed. I had gotten a chance to work with a water jet and some CNC machines and was like, man, there's something behind there. And uh, it actually just worked out that I, I got real frustrated with uh, the owner of the company. Uh, certainly no hard feelings about it, just bad day, yeah. bad timing, yeah. that sort of thing. And I was like, man, what am I doing here? Like I yeah. could be doing uh, anything, you know, I could go to school, whatever. I could be making more money doing this, doing that. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of just like an angry decision, but it, it kind of was like the push I needed. I, I think if my parents would have forced me to go to college, which I'm sure they wish I would have after high school, <laughs> I probably would have probably would have dropped out. There's no way yeah. I would have had the dedication. So, um, you know, 22 year old Joey had to make the decision to go to college because 18 <laughs> year old Joey knew everything and was too smart oh, yeah. for college. Yep. Um, so uh, I got my bachelor's in mechanical engineering, and uh, I currently work in uh, in the manufacturing industry for the uh, like heavy heavy class eight truck industry and like uh, off road construction equipment. So you're oh, talking cool. like your big, big stuff, big diesel trucks, um, you know, mining equipment, that sort of stuff. And um, Ooh, that's cool. We do uh, primarily specialize in machined castings, and you know, we have parts that we're cranking out, you know, seventy five, a hundred thousand parts a year. Uh, which wow. equates to like a part, you know, every few minutes, you know, um, yeah. for example, one project I'm currently just finishing up, uh, we make a part every two and a half minutes. Uh, and Dang. You know, so this is, you know, continual production. You're talking, yeah. you know, massive uh, truck and engine manufacturers who need their parts yesterday and they need yeah. them right. So, yeah. uh, and they need a bunch of them. <laughs> right. So uh, definitely it's a little different than what I do here at failure speed and performance, but uh it's close enough that it keeps me interested and it's uh, definitely cool to see the amount of effort that goes into bringing you something that is sold as a brand new vehicle on the road. That's cool. That's cool. So how do you, how do you balance? I mean, obviously uh, fiancés are not as easy. My wife and I've been married 11 years. Um, so they're kind of sick of each other. <laughs> she's like, point. <laughs> please take your ass to the shop. Right. So it's exactly. uh and it doesn't hurt my feelings when she says that. So so how do you juggle that? I mean, like she obviously knows you've been doing this probably longer than you've been with her. I mean, is that a fair uh that not quite a fact. I mean, we had met probably oh. just just before. I I would say we were, you know, introduced and like kind of in the friends, like, you know, feeling it out stage yeah. for you know, maybe about a year and then had probably been dating maybe half a year maybe a little more when i started this oh um, okay so she's been around the whole time right and uh, her dad is a car guy so she kind of gets it a little bit he's uh, more into like uh concourse restorations and that sort of stuff uh, so he's not he's more like the matchbox guy instead of a hot wheels guy like yourself yep. and, and you yep. know, myself yep. Yep. but let uh, him ride in that canyon one time yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he'll have a good time. He definitely appreciates it, though. Yeah. Uh, but so she kind of gets it to a point and uh, has definitely uh, supported it, uh, you know, thick and thin. And it's tough to balance the time. You know, I work, supposed to work 40 hours a week, but, you know, yeah. most of the time in the busy seasons, I'll work 55, you know. Yep. You know, sometimes less, sometimes a little more. It just depends on what the demand needs. Um, and then I, I try to work. Uh, almost every day in the shop if I can typically I spend probably two or three nights a week like from the time I get home which is about four o'clock and then I'll work till uh, I'm too hungry to work anymore so typically like <laughs> seven thirty, eight o'clock yep. sometimes sooner sometimes less but uh, you know I always try to put at least 
something in it, whether it's answering emails or, you know, I'll just go out and clean up yep. for the next day. Uh, and then the weekends primarily is my workhorse days. So I typically work anywhere between eight and 10 hours on a Saturday and probably between six and 10 hours on a Sunday. Just depends Dang, that's awesome. what's, what's going on in the personal life. Uh, but I do definitely try to block out like the weekend nights, Friday night, Saturday night. I try to spend with Chandler, my fiance. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I definitely try to give her at least two nights a week. Other than that, you know, typically like I'm not seeing her today. Well, it's a Monday, but I'll probably hang out with her tomorrow. You know, yeah. we'll, in the past, we would go out, get dinner, see movies. Obviously can't quite do that right now, but no. yeah, we, <laughs> we find things to occupy our time. Uh, play video games or watch Netflix like everybody else. So uh, there you go. But it's definitely. We don't need to know? take this in that direction. Right. Netflix is like, hey, that's y'all. Yeah. <laughs> well, like you, her and I have definitely uh, been together a long time. So there's times where that's she's cool. ready to get rid of me too. So I'm sure she kind of appreciates this uh, hobby that I have, and uh, is you know happy for time to herself to do the things she likes to do. Right. But uh, yeah, it's uh it's always struggle, man, especially around the holidays. Like I have a big family, which yeah. I'm grateful for, but, uh, like, uh, Christmas, new year's, it's tough. I got people coming in from all over the country and it seems like I got a, you know, an event to attend the, every day for, a, you know, two weeks straight. <laughs> right. You're pulled in every different direction. So, uh, before we get like kind of some in-depth stuff, um, uh, I just lost my spot here. My screen changed. Oh, let's talk about where people can find you. Cause you have, uh, a YouTube channel, obviously, which I've been watching a few of. Uh, you have YouTube and obviously Facebook, Instagram, but your website is awesome. Like, thank you. I really want, like, we spend a lot of time on people's websites trying to find a little more information about them and stuff. And y'all's is easy to work through. The pictures are great and the whole storyline is, is done well. So, and uh, I think you had said in a post the other day that she helped maybe move some of that absolutely so chandler is uh she works in the medical field by day super talented uh definitely a job that i would not want to do but she does it well and um but she's also you know a little uh you know into kind of like design and uh, photography and that sort of thing and uh, i kept talking about like man i really got to redo their website i really got to redo the website and, uh, it, you know, she had mentioned like, oh, like I'll do it for you. And then, you know, kind of like we got, both of us got busy, never happened. Yep. And I just said like, Hey, like, can you redo the website? You know, I'm going on this show, probably gonna have a lot more traffic coming to the mm -hmm. website. And right now it looks like a third grader made it because that is the <laughs> you were like, my... you were like moving through, like, I gotta have something up. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, I, it, it was functional, but it definitely wasn't, uh, wowing. And I don't know that it was always the most yep. educational, uh, so I just gave her an administrator account and uh, she spent a Sunday when, you know, it was raining and I think I was out working and she had nothing better to do. And she just put it, she put all her effort into it, man. It came out really nice. Um, That's cool. Yeah. She definitely, her and her family, uh, definitely super supportive of the business. I, I think I mentioned before my future mother-in-law does a lot of the sandblasting. My future father-in-law maintains the sandblaster and also fills in the gaps when she can't. Uh, wow, that's cool. And he's real into going to car shows and stuff. So if we ever do like a local hot rod show or something, he's the guy mm -hmm. that's up with me at five in the morning, unloading all the crap in the back of the truck. <laughs> uh, you know, and, uh, and she is always, you know, right there helping me package things. Uh, you know, it's getting to the point where she'll probably start helping answer email. I think she has mm -hmm. a company email address now. We haven't really used it wow. yet, but, uh, 
yeah she's uh she's definitely mrs fsp for sure so i uh, couldn't ask for That's a better cool. partner and her family's been super supportive and then of course my parents uh and you yep. know my siblings help where they can uh but they're uh not as uh, hands-on you know my dad will yep. come out in the shop and help when he can um but uh you know he's a busy guy too so especially yep. with all this covid stuff so long story short uh his family is everything man and they definitely uh definitely help with everything including that website it, which is thank you it's, it's a compliment i'll make sure i tell her that she'll be happy yeah. to hear that it, it's it's really nice so let's let's work through kind of the of uh the whole of of your business i mean like so you started obviously making log manifolds but you offer a bunch where you offer a uh and i don't want to call it an adapter but like a truck yeah yeah you could call it i mean it kind of is an adapter yep right so so i'm going through these products and i'm like man this guy offers a bunch of stuff like how do you like lead us down that path so log manifold obviously number one selling product because that's what you're known for but but then you start looking there's like wastegate um housings all this kind of stuff so so right just a little uh, so uh i would say like one of the next products as you mentioned was the um that three bolt uh, truck header adapters that I make. And I, I don't particularly sell a lot of those, uh, but you kind of just see, uh, you see things on forums or people complaining. And, and one of the biggest things I think I've come across uh, in my um, path with this business is a lot of people are afraid to weld. Uh, they don't have a welder and mm -hmm. uh, they're not interested in going out and buying a welder. Uh, even if they buy the $100 Harbor Freight one, which is probably all they need. Yep. And uh, one of the topics you see a lot around welding is welding to the cast factory headers. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know if you've done it. I definitely mm -hmm. have. And it's really not so bad at all. It's like welding mm -hmm. any other junk together. And, uh, yep. you know, it doesn't seem to fall apart in my experience. Yeah. Just keep laying more weld on. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But there's people that just are like super against that. And uh, yep. I was kind of like, man, wouldn't it be cool if like, okay, now you can bolt right on it. And that's great and all, but then, you know, you blow the gasket out, you have this, you have that, it's pain. You know, you're, you blow the motor in your car, so you're constantly taking it apart. Wouldn't mm -hmm. it be cool if you could do something where you could use a V-band, but not have to modify that factory header? Yep. And so it was kind of like, okay, I have a flange and I have a V-band, so let's put Just them together put them and, yeah. and see what happens. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't, I wouldn't say that was a, that's certainly not a money maker. I think I probably have more money in inventory for those guys than I do in total sales, but you know, it, it doesn't cost much to have them. I make, you know, I might make $5 on one or something like that, yep. but I think it's a, a cool additional product that I can offer. And, you know, yep. if it helps somebody out, you know, if I, if, for me, it's not about the money, you know, I can make a couple dollars. That's fine. But really if it, if it right. helps somebody solve that problem that they are just like, so like, Oh, like, I don't trust oh my myself. Gosh, I can't right. Do this. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Or, or even if you have that guy that's like, I can fit two flip factory truck manifolds, and I have a welder, but I really would like to make it a little bit nicer than just like some yeah. burger weld on this cast steel manifold. Yeah. And I, you know, hey, if I can help that person out, I'd do that every time. You know. Yeah. See, so ours, um, the old truck, I, I went driver down up to a log, right? Yeah. So, uh, and the reason we did that is because the truck manifold would not fit that side. But yeah, I had not even thought about a flipped manifold setup and using the V-band. Dude, that I mean, it makes so much sense. And right, yeah, if, if you have the room to go down, it's easier. Yeah, it, it yeah. just all a matter. 
of what you want to do, right? I mean, some people yep. don't want to run their exhaust in the front of the motor. It makes things a little complicated with, you know, like radiator hoses and stuff. But, yep. um, you know, it just, it, it's fun to offer people stuff that can maybe solve their problem. I, yep. I kind of saw a need for it. I used one myself and I was like, you know what? It, it's, yeah. it's so simple that it just, it makes sense. And Well, and it's pretty inexpensive. I mean, like, uh, in my opinion, that is a, a great buy on your site. Like the, right, uh, yeah, I think they're they're like fifty or fifty five dollars. It shows yeah. you how uh, you know familiar I am with that product because I don't sell <laughs> right. a lot of them. Uh, and you know, spoiler: anybody can go on eBay and buy that flange and buy a V band, and you'd see it probably cost you about forty five dollars to make one yeah. yourself. So, you know, I wasn't going to charge a hundred bucks, and you know, people would be like, I could just make this, and that's fine I'll too. I have it. no yep. problem with that. But you know, again if I can help somebody out and, you know, make them something that they can just buy and have show up to your door, you know, and, and be way easier. Right. Anybody who's ever done anything with cars and makes their own anything probably looks back at the end of the project and goes, man, I really wish I just bought the thing every for single every single time. time. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I'm I, telling you, we make pride, so much stuff. Yeah. I pride myself, you know, I have a plasma table and some other stuff that make, makes things easy for me. But mm -hmm. like my project truck, I made, motor mounts from scratch and uh, the whole time i was like i should have just bought the current performance like colorado yeah. swap mounts like what was yeah. i thinking this is so right. dumb now, how much are <laughs> how much are those swap mounts though oh man like i don't know like 130 dollars or something right see i'm like mm, man 130 bucks a little bit of my time i'm like i'll make those you know, yeah you're like 130 bucks uh, for like my whole saturday what's cheaper uh my yeah. whole saturday yeah but see like uh you're probably in the same way as i am like my brain works to where i need to figure that out like i need to see if i could make it you know um the jeep grand wagoneer we're building right now for a customer like i made the uh swap mounts for it because i could have bought them but they were like 150 bucks i'm like i don't know I don't want to give $150 for it. I don't want the customer to give $150. You're like, man, that rusty yeah. fence post out in the yard is looking I'm good like, right now. Perfect. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> it's super nice. You know, they're boltable together, bolt on the truck. I mean, all this kind of stuff. But, yeah, I, I could have definitely saved myself hours and hours and hours of time by just bolting them in. But you live and learn, you know. How about it? Stuff. And he's probably not opposed mm -hmm. to spending the money, but. I was so <laughs> I wanted my brain to be able to figure that out. Yeah. So. Hey man, it's, it's sometimes it's just fun to build your own stuff. Yep. Yep. I agree completely. So when you're, um, cause you offer T4 and T6 stuff. Yep. Um, yep. Log manifolds are pretty, I'm not going to say universal, but, uh, I mean, would this, would your manifold, would, the uh, like T4 manifold you're known for, um, would it fit on like a Camaro or something or is there, it's there's kind of like a method to the madness and fitment right it works originally designed on a silverado so it works really mm -hmm. well on pretty much any pickup truck yep. uh, one thing it definitely does not work on is the s10 it's super unfortunate because <laughs> those guys really don't have anything out there that uh, works there's a couple kits but from uh you know my experience i've heard that they're really not that great and uh, they don't yep. depending on your setup they don't fit anyway uh and maybe that's not the case i just uh, again no real experience you yep. know, please angry people in the crowd do not say that i'm talking <laughs> junk on guys because i don't mean it in any way it's just it's what i've heard and uh, yep. i've tried to make my own s10 kit and it, it's tough man that is a rough swap uh yeah i, I think there's just no room right right they're cool but yeah. you're like man steering shaft and frame and 
the rad support like it's just it's a yeah. difficult swap and so the to the guys out there that are building s10s and turbo on them themselves like more power to you man because right. i am waving the white flag on that one I, no way <laughs> no way that i could so do that but that leads ahead. into another question do do people offer up their cars as test cars like hey keep my car for three months and yeah uh it does happen uh quite often I, I wouldn't say you know every day but definitely you know a couple people here and there uh but the biggest problem is my shop is like 100 square feet you know oh, I, I think you said you were watching some of my youtube videos i primarily do most of my work in the driveway you know i i yep. work out of a three-car garage but two of those spaces are occupied uh by daily driven vehicles and the mm -hmm. other uh other bay is you know, occupied by All most this. mostly lawn equipment. So uh, I've got about <laughs> half a garage bay. Uh, it's probably like 10 feet by 10 feet. And uh, I'm just jammed in there, man. So I kind of have to back, you know, my car out of the garage and moves things around and, uh, you know, work for the day or for the weekend right. and put everything back for Monday. Well, so like that summertime, can... that's, that's not bad. You know, right. So right, right now I have definitely get way different weather. Yeah. Right. I have commandeered the middle, uh, middle garage space for the project truck. <laughs> and I'm sure that, uh, the original heir to that parking spot isn't pleased that, uh, there hasn't been much progress since it's been put <laughs> in a garage spot. So, uh, I think we're good until it starts to get cold here. So I got maybe another month before I lose my parking spot. So I better get moving. Man, that's crazy. So see, like, that's, what's great about, uh, weather in Northwest Arkansas. Like we really, I, I mountain bike all year. Like we'll, oh, cool. a, a time in like December or January that I probably couldn't get out if I would just bundle up a little more, you know, because like our cold days are thirties and forties. So oh, man, I would kill for that some days in the winter time. <laughs> right. It's uh yeah, it's uh, anybody from the Northeast knows that the weather is unpredictable. You can be you know, like wearing a thin sweatshirt and uh, having a good time outside with your buddies one day and the next day it's like 20 inches of snow and negative five degrees uh, and mm -hmm. just, Wind I don't know blowing. how y'all do it. I really don't. I can't, I can't get my mind. As the older I get, I don't know how I do it anymore either. I definitely, uh, <laughs> it would be loved. I would love to move to warmer climates. <laughs> yeah. So listen, everybody needs to buy his stuff so he can then buy a big house in the South. And uh, oh, I know, unfortunately, I just think uh, <laughs> as much as we'd love to see that happen, I think we'll always be here in the Northeast. It's kind of yeah. our home. Well, I mean, if everybody's close, it's hard to move. Away. Right. Yeah. It's tough yep. to leave your family for sure. Yep. So uh, I was watching, I think one of your most recent videos uh, on the channel and you built a, a Barra manifold, an intake, right? Yeah. Mm. Uh, that was an interesting project to say the least. Yeah. Uh, it looked like it. So, you know, I weld and it's not very pretty. Your welding is really nice, but like the whole time you're talking you. about it's cracking and pinging and all this kind of stuff, like as you're welding it together, I mean, like one, how the heck do you keep that all that stuff together? I guess the jig helps. And then two, uh, tell us the story about how you ended up doing that one. Right. So uh, I guess we'll start off with how I got into it. I have a friend, um, uh, two friends, actually, uh, Justin and Corey. And uh, they're kind of originally, you know, from this sloppy area. And we're all kind of car friends and mm -hmm. had worked with Justin at AutoZone in high school. And, you know, long story short, met Corey. And uh, they're always building cool stuff. Uh, they're not into, you know, I would say they're like a original hardcore sloppy mechanics roots. You know, they don't care what it looks like when they're done as long as it goes yep. fast and they have fun. Um, and uh, so Corey imported a Barra motor and uh, he just wanted to do it 
to have fun. He was sick. Yeah. Of, you know, I had done plenty of LS swaps. He's had a couple 2J swaps and stuff. And he said, you know what? I'm going to buy one of these Barras and swap it. So uh, he put some effort in and he just said, you know, we were going to use the stock uh, intake manifold. It's actually sitting on the floor over here. We were going to cut it up and just kind of make it work. Well, it turned out it wasn't going to work at all. You know, there was oh, wow. absolutely no room uh, for the stock primaries and stuff like that. Uh, so he bought this kit from a guy over in Australia where it was kind of like weld together, preformed. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't do any of the fabrication work. Right. I, I kind of just fit everything together and welded it for them. And uh, it really, uh, it, it came out well. I, I was just saying to somebody yesterday, my aluminum welds are, you know, some of them it's looks like I'm a professional and I've been doing it forever. And then <laughs> other welds for no reason look like it's my first day on the job. That's and funny. Uh, so that, that intake manifold was incredibly challenging. Like you said, it was, I mean, that thing was a boat. It was like 30 inches long. Yeah. And uh, the, the flange was like a, a cut off of the factory manifold. And what's really interesting from Australian Ford is, the intake manifold flange is like an eighth inch thick. So it's like really not catered to being, <laughs> mm -mm. you know, all that heat put into it. Yeah. You know, wow. It's like when they machine it, if it was half an inch thick, they took all the material off to make it flat, I guess. I, I don't know. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. So, so you know, the, the key to welding anything long and flat is you, you got to bolt it down. Like that thing had like probably like 18 bolts or something ridiculous. And I, brought a piece of jump channel home from the scrap bin at work and I drilled the holes in it, drilled and tapped them in the spots. And I, I mean, I clamped that sucker down so hard. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, as I was welding it, I would try and move around, you know, try to put the heat over here, minimize that warping. Mm -hmm. But like the most important thing is you just got to keep it clamped the whole time. Like if there's that weld that you think you can't get to, like you got to figure a way out because if you unbolt that thing at all, in the middle of that <laughs> it's, process, it's going to be ugly. <laughs> and then uh, the key at the end too, is to just like, once it's hot, just keep working. So like, I, I didn't really want to do that all in one day, but I ended up doing it in like five hours after work one night. Uh, wow. Because I was like, I'm never going to get the heat back into this thing yeah. to be able to strike an arc. Like some of the, like the plenum and stuff was so thick. It, my welder doesn't have the amperage to like really climb to where it should be so you got to kind of cheat with the preheat well from welding everything else it was hot and i could hit it with a map torch and keep it warm but i was thinking like man i gotta weld like you know 65 inches around this thing <laughs> and there's no way that i'm gonna keep it i'm never gonna get it hot again when i go to weld it it's yep. gonna be like ugly so i just i just sucked it up and i welded it <laughs> You know, That's like, awesome. So tired, just wanted to go to bed. I'm like, I got to, I got to keep going. Yeah. And then I just let it cool, like ambient temperature for a day, clamped in that jig. And when I unbolted it, <laughs> I had a little bit of warp to it, but I felt good enough about it that, uh, you know, with a gasket and you know yep. bolting it down in a strategic way, it would pull flat enough that it wouldn't cause them a problem. That's cool. So, uh, I mean, obviously doing that work for your friends is why that project ended up there. Do you think that'll ever be a offering on your like a, a barra product or just intake yeah. manifolds in general the intake manifolds in general i don't know uh aluminum is super super tough to work with at least in my opinion uh like steel and stainless and you know even titanium can be a little dirty mm -hmm. or a little you know you have gaps and you can fill them but in my experience aluminum is really finicky with being like super clean and uh you know sometimes you hit spots where it just doesn't want to weld nice uh I just don't, 
it doesn't jive well with me. I just got done right. doing intercooler piping on my truck. And again, uh, you know, my welds are all over the place sometimes. And uh, while I think it'd be cool to offer intake manifolds, I think there's definitely guys out there that are like much better suited to that. And I'm just going to leave it to the pros. And right. I'm certainly be, like to the point, you know, we talk about making stuff versus buying it. I, I am a buyer of intake manifolds for sure. <laughs> there you go. I definitely do not want to take on the custom intake manifold market. <laughs> That's funny. So what do you build your, um, what do you build your log manifolds out of? Uh, it's a schedule 40 steel pipe. Um, Sweet. So it's like a water pipe or a sewage pipe. Yep. Yep. Uh, super readily available, uh, but uh, super sturdy. And uh, this question came up on the Motorhead Garage. You know, why so why so beefy? And the answer is, you've got a ton of heat. Um, yeah. You know, built up in that hot side, and you also got that big heavy turbo hanging off there. So you can go with the thin wall headers, and and if built correctly, it's not an issue. But um, most of the know, time. It, right. Exactly. Yep. Or you know, have you weld gaps, and yeah, everybody does it, including myself. And uh, things tend to break or crack over time. And I, mm-hmm. I don't want to be that guy, you know. I, I try to represent a product that I would want to buy. And that's a product yep. that is going to hopefully outlast the car that I put it on. You know, that's, They can move it from car to car. <laughs> right. Or, or if not, you know, at least, you know, you never, with your personal name on it, you never want it to be a lemon. So yep. while I'm not saying that I've never had one crack, you know, it's happened. you know it just does you know depending on what these guys use these things for if they get hot enough and they get used hard enough eventually they're going to break just like a factory exhaust manifold Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh you know i I try to make these things like bulletproof because i i I never like buying stuff and then feeling like I, i didn't get what i paid for or buying something to find out that like it doesn't work or it doesn't work as like i needed it to and so i just chose a beefy heavy duty uh you know, way of building them because it's affordable and because it works and uh, it's, it stands the test of time. You know, I'm not the only guy that's doing this and my competitors, which, you know, I'm sure a lot of people know their names, uh, build really nice stuff too. You know, I have Mm -hmm. nothing bad to say about anybody in my, my industry. They all build great products and, you know, no matter who you buy. We just want people to buy yours. Right. Right. And that's (laughs) absolutely the case, but I certainly, you know, I think this is kind of like an industry standard for turbo headers. I think mm-hmm. steel is a good choice um, because it expands and contracts less than stainless steel does. Um, you know, and when you have a welded assembly, just, you know, we were just talking things like to, to be a certain way and now you're welding them together and they don't want to be that way. Right. So you kind of need this, uh, this, that first heat cycle is really all about kind of relaxing all that stress in that manifold. And, you know, sometimes over time that stress is too much and then then they crack. But for the most part, that Schedule 40 steel is like, it's bulletproof. You put yeah. a little bit of a VHT high temp paint on that bad boy and nobody knows the difference between. It's set. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, talk us through the future. Like what's what's Feller Speed going to do in the future? What, what What's going on? Right. So uh, we had just, uh, there's two two things that are kind of new for us. Um, I've got uh, sets of twin turbo headers, which I don't think we talked about. Mm. And uh, they're kind of like modular. So uh, you can run them like flipped up and forward, flipped down and forward, or vice versa backwards. Uh, hey. You know, if you have like an airboat or a rear engine car mm-hmm. or something like that, it's kind of like a four mounting positions in one. And then uh, we just leave it with a nice uh, male-female V-band on the end. We do sell some adapters, you know, right now just to mount like a T4 turbo or T4 turbo with weight skate provisions. 
Uh, and, you know, fitment kind of varies on those. You need not a ton of room, uh, but, you know, for instance, um, they will hit like the steering shaft on a Chevy Silverado. So it really, right. uh, and they're so new that I don't have a big catalog of what, what fits and what doesn't, but we're working on it. So that's uh, so, been a new so product. Buy, for, buy these parts and put them on stuff, see if they work. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and I have customers that buy stuff and it sits on their shelf for years. You know, <laughs> yeah. the guy that's uh, really putting all his eggs in a basket before he gets to it, or maybe, you know, he buys things when he can. And yep. so that's a, a struggle for me too, because I've got guys asking to return a product that uh, it might be two years old, but it's brand yeah. new. It might have a yeah. little bit of surface rust on it, but but yeah. then it's hard to take it back because it doesn't match the current, you know, slowly yep. over time modified product. So uh, we always try to work with people on stuff like that. Um, but uh, yeah, so, you know, sometimes people buy things, they don't use it right away and it might be months before they find out it doesn't work for them. Mm. Uh, so it's, I always like to try and have uh, at least a, a database of what doesn't, what doesn't fit. You know, Hey, I'm working on an yeah. S10. I want to buy your manifold. Like, Hey, I'm really sorry, but doesn't fit. And you know, some guys will actually get like, I don't want to say hostile, but they'll be like, what man, you don't want to sell me your product. And I'm like, no, I know it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. It's and, not like, going I, to I don't work. care what, motor mounts you use what you know I'm, I'm trying to save you the aggravation so right. i would love to have your business but i don't want to just sell it to you to sell it to you and then yep. have you waste your saturday trying to you know modify it or your truck to have it work yeah so uh, we've got those new twins those have been out for you know kind of like the summertime i think we kind of started mm -hmm. on that in the winter but we probably have about 20 sets of those are so out and about in the world right now some guys using them and really liking them and some other guys i haven't really heard back uh hopefully they're doing well and yep. then uh the big one is we have a a new single turbo header that is cast one piece it's stainless steel yeah it is a uh an import casting mainly because it's uh, very difficult to work with the american foundries on the low volumes that we're currently at mm -hmm. uh, but i am happy to report that all the machining and final work takes place in the united states uh, that's awesome you know it helps keeps the job of like 75 hardworking americans and uh you know my uh mating v-band clamp and uh like all that stuff is all made here in the usa the gaskets that come in it the hardware it's all stuff uh, made in the USA or purchased from US companies, you know, wow. whether or not it's in, cool. on their end, I don't know, but yeah. uh, it's super cool. It's a stainless steel, it's cast one piece and then it's machined. So it's perfectly flat. It's made to the same standards as say an OEM exhaust manifold for uh, any major car company you can think of. Wow. Um, that's cool. So it's going to be uh, super rigid, uh, super nice looking, you can mm -hmm. weld to it. We've got provisions for wastegates that you can do yourself or you can pay us to do at time of checkout. Uh, just all around a nice piece. You know, I know I'm the guy selling it, but it's a product that I want, you know? Yeah. It's the product I made that I wanted for myself. And that's kind of what I always try to sell to people. Mm -hmm. So that's coming out uh, shortly here, like end of September. I'm hoping we can have some oh, man, that's out for cool. sale. And then I think by like end of October, we should have about a hundred units to go through and uh we'll go from there you know i'm hoping that yeah. it's a big hit but uh right now i, I don't want to order any more and have it be a big bust and you know and be sitting on a lot of them bankrupt the company right so it's a, it was <laughs> right. a little it's a nerve-wracking product but i think overall people are really going to enjoy it and uh, i i think it is the it, i truly will say it's it's going to be the best product on the market i think I, I don't think that there's anything else comparable to it at this time and i that's I'm sure awesome. that there maybe will be someday, but I'm 
proud to say that, you know, we went through the effort of making that happen and investing the time and the money uh, to work with American companies and, you know, that's uh, really cool. Even entertain the idea of American casting. Uh, yeah. And we did, and we really wanted to, and I would have loved to, but when it came down to it, I just, I couldn't offer the product at an end result price that, you know, yep. guys like, you know, guys that are just working in their free time could afford. And yep. I didn't want to be that guy. So uh, it's going to be $500 shipped. You're going to get uh, wonderful. What? Dude, that's so cheap. Right. It's cheaper than handmade ones, right? Because yeah. it doesn't take as much of my time up. So yeah, uh, $500 you're going to get gaskets, mounting hardware for the turbo. I'm trying to source mounting hardware for the uh, cylinder head, but we'll mm -hmm. see if that comes in at the price point that I can do it at. Uh, you know, just truly like a bolt-on solution that is simple. Yeah. And, well, uh, I mean, but at the same time, like the, for a guy like me, like the hardware for the block, like, I mean, if my head, if my, cylinder head bolts don't break i'm putting them right back in <laughs> right exactly and that's where so we're kind of on the fence with those the, the turbo fastener is uh is definitely something that's got to be included because mm -hmm. i think you probably anybody who's ever put a turbo on anything knows that those two back bolts are a real pain in the neck you know and then of course yeah. everything is uh you know your turbos have 10 millimeter spots in them so yeah you can you can get a three eights in there but then it's kind of sloppy Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we chose an M10 fastener, but then a lot of the question I get all the time is what's the thread pattern? I, I, oh, my local hardware store doesn't have them. Where do you typically buy them from? Uh, so in order to save people that hassle of Saturday going, oh, I don't have bolts and all oh, the true value down the street doesn't have yep. the bolts I need. So we're just going to solve everybody that headache and, you know, give them the four that's, fasteners they need to put that's their a turbo great idea. on. And if we can, if we can throw in the... Um, you know, if we can throw in the, the engine fasteners for an extra couple dollars out of our pocket and it helps yep. the guy who did break all his head bolts and didn't, uh, <laughs> didn't pull a spare from somewhere else in the motor, didn't have yep. any leftover parts, you know, at least it helps that guy too. You know, one, one less thing right. to buy, you know. Well, and, you know, for us, uh, like here in Arkansas, things are finally starting to stay open past 8 o'clock. So, you know, we do – I work all day. We do – couple things with the family go eat i may be in the shopping it's 8 30 i'm like okay now i can't go buy a bolt so that right. would be a huge help for those guys or, or right noon, you know? you're the guy that's uh rushing to get his car done for hot rod drag week the day before you gotta leave and he goes oh, yeah oh it's two in the morning where the hell am i gonna get bolts you know yeah yeah and so, they got uh, the turbo mounted yeah right exactly so and then it's there's a know, you, there's a funny story about that so we do uh we host a charity drag race uh, okay a local children's shelter and literally the uh, so it's on saturdays friday night before i'm up to like three o'clock in the morning putting the old truck back together because i had been six of the 16 push rods awesome so where they got like you know valve covers off and rockers and everything until three o'clock in the morning so yeah i've been that guy before so right put everything back together as we're loading it on the truck to take it up there so. right so at least now when you lose the hardware like underneath the truck somewhere in the engine bay like my 10 millimeter socket <laughs> yep. i lost this morning uh at least it's not my fault that you don't have the hardware so i <laughs> that's right that's right so what's the future for you man like i mean just keep working just keep hammering it away do you yeah uh, so uh, some folks to do some welding for you so you can spend some time with that with your soon-to-be wife yeah, I would say uh, the goal is actually probably to transition to a little bit more of this mass produced thing. You know, like yep. we talked about before, I come from the manufacturing industry, mm -hmm. American manufacturing, uh, especially, which I'm proud of. Um, and I, my goal is to just 
kind of continue that path. There's certainly no way that I can keep up with the demand I even have now, let alone if I continue to offer new products, let's say a Ford motor yes. or a Hemi motor or mm -hmm. you know, even a Gen 5 LT motor. Uh, there's so many projects I have in my head, even the S10 guys, I'm sure I could come up with something for them. I just, it's hard to, but when do the, you do it? Right, yeah. exactly. So I, I think the the transition uh, goal is to kind of transition to more of a, a manufactured product, like you'd see in like a Holly catalog yeah. and uh, you know, try and get it to, to more people, access to more people, that's cool. you know, an affordable product uh, that's got some American roots or, you know, try to keep it, you know, to the trade agreements that it is made in the USA, you know, it's yeah. gotta be 65% American value. So I try to do that, but still offer it at a price that competes with the stuff that's made overseas. And, you know, yeah. obviously a product that works well. So I'd like to kind of try to get more into this mass produced a little bit more hands off on the fabrication end of it and yep. kind of focus more on the product development, the customer support and, uh, you know, open my time up to solving more problems for those who That's cool, man. don't have a solution. So, yeah, uh, you know, we, I've got a, hopefully in the spring here time, uh, a shop going up, you know, brand new oh, building. Hey, there so you we're going to do that. And, uh, you know, the, the wedding's coming up. So that's certainly going to be a, a transition to say the <laughs> least. I'm not too worried about that, but, uh, our, our home in which the new shop is also going to be attached with is not ready yet so uh we're gonna oh continue to get, get doing you got the, a hard uh, 75 days ahead of yeah 75 days and it, it still won't be ready so uh we'll yep. be uh we'll be bouncing back and forth between parents uh you know childhood bedrooms and oh you know, trying goodness. to spread the time out with the in-laws yep uh and then hopefully our house will be done here before the holidays and uh you know break a winter you know yep. when the ground thaws we're gonna get the guys in here to put the shop up and uh that's cool and uh, try and secure some new equipment and stuff like that. Yeah. And really, really try and take things to the next level. My, I wouldn't say it's my goal. I don't, you know, if my boss is listening, it's not <laughs> my goal to quit my job. I love my day job. It, yep. it, it really truly is a blast. I work with some of the best guys yep. in the industry. Um, but, uh, you know, if I could wake up and walk out the, the door, you know, walk a hundred feet and be my own boss, how could you turn that down? So hey, I hear you. It's a, it's definitely a, a scary thing to think about, uh, you know, mm -hmm. to give up paid vacation and guaranteed, you know, paychecks yeah. and healthcare yeah. and all that sort of thing. <laughs> but uh, at some point, something's going to have to give, uh, you know, whether yeah. it's the business or the full-time job. So yeah. I, we're going to give it our best shot here over the next couple of years and uh, that's awesome, man. see what happens. And, you know, if it yeah. makes sense to go full-time, we're going to do it. And if it doesn't, then it's been fun and, you know, maybe we'll still offer the products that exist on just kind of yep. more of a hands-off basis or, you know, yeah. offer it just as a dealer product kind of thing. Or, you know, I, uh, I don't yeah. know what the future yeah. looks like, man. If, if I could rub that crystal ball and look what five years from now looks like, I'd probably. Yeah, you'd know exactly what to do. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, like all of us, nobody has that power yet. So uh, that's, what, that's what makes adulthood so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. You really just, uh, I you. feel like, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying, you throw some kids in the mix and it's like, Whoa. Right. And so I say that all the time, you know, I, surely I think we'll have some kids at some point, um, mm -hmm. you know, not for a few years, but I think for me, that would be the, that would be the, the kicker. Like, okay, yeah. there's no way that I can spend time with a child who deserves that time with their parents yep. and work a full-time job and work a full-time business. Yeah. So it, something's going to have to give, right? And if, if yep. it has to be the business, you know, at least I had a good run and met some really cool people like yourself well, and, and had a good and time. 
Well, and the thing is about like, um, if you move towards more of like the manufacturing side of stuff, you know, it may not take up as much of your time. Exactly. And, that, and that's kind of my welding goal 10 hours on the Saturday. It, yep. It's really frustrating. Sense. I wouldn't say frustrating. I like what I do, but you know, you yep. work 40, 50 hours a week at your day oh, job yeah. for a paycheck. And then you spend 30 hours a week working for yourself and the, yeah. you know, and it may not be a paycheck. Right. And then the, the free time <laughs> that you, exactly, exactly. Yep. And then the free time you do have, you spend with your family because they deserve, yep. you know, your time too. Or, yep. or, you know, so then you kind of sit back and you go, man, when's the last time I, you know, worked on my own truck or uh, yeah. played video games or, you know, did whatever your hobby yep. is outside of uh, your work and, uh, you know, your work and your work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a challenge, man, but uh, I'm having fun doing it now. And, uh, you know, that's if I awesome. can do it forever, I will. And if not, yeah, you had a good run. Then, hey, it was a blast. I would do it. Well, hey, let's, uh, let's wind it down my, uh, my kids first day of school. So now they get to pick where we go for dinner and they're awesome. kind of standing over to the side going, oh, Dad, we're hungry. <laughs> so yeah. let's get to the, uh, I asked the same four questions to everybody because I just like to get a, like a rundown for them. Okay. You ready? Sure. Hit, so, we'll hit so what's the fastest that you've ever driven like yourself behind a wheel or a motorcycle? 146 miles an hour. There you go. What was that in? Uh, Subaru WRX, the one that I mentioned that I bought what? brand new, like back in 2012. Yeah. Uh, topped, it, topped it out the day that I turned it into the dealership. There you I go. You're since, like, I'm going to see what it'll do. Right. I've <laughs> since replaced that car, uh, but I'm not as uh, brave as I once was. Uh, so uh, I, I try to keep it try to keep it within the not go to jail speed limit. You there know? you go. Well, and that's part of uh, becoming an adult as well. Like you're uh, I would rather spend money on other stuff than uh, speeding tickets and court dates. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so if you're working on your project car, are you a, you a gloves or are you a bare hands kind of guy? I'm definitely more of a bare hands kind of guy. Uh, yeah. I try to wear gloves sometimes and they just end up getting in the way. So yep. bare hands. I can appreciate that. Um, if you have these two bottles of product, on the bench and you're choosing one, is it WD-40 or is it PB Blaster? I think PB Blaster if I have it, but WD-40 is definitely old reliable. If, if the PB <laughs> Blaster can broke the nozzle off the top, you know, yep. uh, I, I'm definitely right down the middle. I would say I buy PB Blaster over WD-40, but I got no, I always got WD-40 nearby. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So, and this is, this is one that may take you a minute here, but uh, what is your dream car? No money, like you're not paying for it. Somebody's, they're going to say, Hey, here's $2 million to build your dream car. What, what is it? $2 million, man. Um, it's a tough question. Cause there's so much cool stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I am definitely, I'm going to have to, to split this. I'm going to go with the cheap, like obtainable. Yep. I'm going to put the rest of the money in the bank would be like a Subaru, uh, like 2022 B, you know, like the old original 1998 rally car wide body. Oh, I definitely cool. have a soft spot for like Japanese imports of the nineties. Yeah. Uh, but the money is no option car is, is probably Ferrari F40. Uh, you oh, know, I, uh, yeah. I, I mentioned before I have a background with exotic sports cars and uh, I just always looked at that car as a kid. And then as an adult, like something about, a cool car like that, the big wing mm -hmm. twin turbo exotic, you know, exhaust note. And like yeah. one of the last cars that could truly kill you, you yeah. know, no, no nannies. You know, there's that <laughs> video that goes around on the, on the internet and there's a guy driving one on the racetrack and he's like grinding the gears. It's like, that is all, that's what I'm all yes. about. 
Unfortunately, I, awesome. I don't know that I'll ever be able to afford one. They're, you know, a million and one, million and two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they're only going to go dream, up. Right? Yep. Hey, that's what that question's about. All right, dude. right. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Um, I'm going to link all of the ways to get a hold of you, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, your website, emails, phone numbers, all that kind of stuff. I'll link all that down in the show notes. And, uh, and hopefully some folks will reach out and uh, you'll do a bunch of business. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Mike, for having me on the show. And I guess a question for you, since you talked about food and you are from more of the South, where yeah. are you going for dinner? You kidding me? Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A, yeah. Ah, man, that's number one yeah. for me. I, on my Southern tour, I hit uh, Zaxby's and, a, uh, and yep. a Bojangles. Never had those before. There you go. Yep. I wanted to hit a Culver's. Everybody tells me that's a ride. I don't know if you have yep. those. Mm-hmm. Never we don't, we don't hear in Arkansas, but yeah. I'm looking forward to those. So I'm definitely fast food aficionado i support that chick-fil-a you have yourself a number two spicy with the buffalo oh, sauce yeah. for me my friend yeah no 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 honey roasted barbecue is the only way to go okay okay yeah all right so, hey you ever get close to the area come holler at me we'll hang out absolutely sounds like we could have a good time hey thanks a bunch man anytime I- mike have a good one hey, man. see you thanks